0: Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back everyone to episode 73. Of skill topic for the week is hand planing. That time-honored old magical skill of peeling slices of wood off larger slices of wood. Tom,
1: what skill class is hand mm. planing? It's like a number four, number five, maybe corrugated.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if the corrugation does anything, but people seem to like it, so we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> that's
1: that's yeah. about as much. That's about the best piece of information you're going to hear today. Probably, yeah. It all goes downhill
0: from here. Tanda, um, do you agree with Tom?
2: I uh, is that required? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I do. I do agree, though.
0: Okay. All right, I was just checking. Uh, what what kind of research did you do on hand planing?
2: Uh, the research I did was just kind of a fun fact, and that's uh, why it, why is it called a frog? And uh, huh. you know, there are varying uh, varying reasons that it could be called a frog. Because if you stare at it long enough, you know, if you stare at anything long enough, it it kind of looks like a frog. To be honest, even a if, even a frog pod.
1: Did you say if you stare at everything? Oh, if you stare at
2: yeah, if you stare at anything long enough, then you can make it very accurate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. true. Yeah. So maybe you should tell them what is called a frog.
0: Yeah. Why don't you explain what part of the plane you're talking about there, Tanda?
2: What is what is <clears throat> called a frog? Um, so the part of the hand plane that you attach the iron or the blade to—that's kind of like the part that sits down onto the the body of the plane. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you looks put like the, a frog. the iron or the blade in it, it, it I can see it kind of looks like a frog. And then other folks uh, um, thought maybe it was called a frog because it has little indentions in it that look like the frog in a brick, which is different topic altogether that I don't know that we even covered during our bricklaying episode. So I feel a little, little remiss about that. But, uh, maybe it's for a riveting plane. It could be, because it's ri- maybe some planes and have a rivet on them. But uh, then uh, someone uh, kind of did a little research, and they found that uh, the most exact and convincing reason is found in Roger K. Smith's patented transitional and metallic planes in America. And he sent a copy of this particular page to the website I'm reading this from. And it says, I'm going to paraphrase the book because it does go on. It says the first inventor to use the term frog in reference to the hand plane was Justice A. Trout, who worked for Stanley Rule and Level Company in the late 1800s. Apparently, Trout and his co-workers started calling the thing a frog because it's just behind the throat and hearkened back to the saying, I've got a frog in my throat. Stanley didn't start using the term publicly in their documents for many years. So that's oh, that's where the term frog comes from on a, hand, a on a hand plane, is it just was like an inside joke that the workers within Stanley called it, and it was corporate funny,
1: joke.
2: and eventually it just came to be called that.
0: So um, a, about maybe four years ago, five years ago, when I was just kind of getting into the maker community, I had a hand plane and I was having a conversation with somebody and I'm like pointing at it and I'm like this part here is called the frog right and they're like no there's no part on a hand plane called a frog and I'm like are you are you sure I'm pretty sure it's called a frog no whoever told you that's an idiot I'm like all right I wish I knew <laughs> who told me that I can't remember who it was cuz it's too long ago but that was a conversation that I had with somebody they that, that told me I was wrong, because And if
2: you had only mm-hmm. known, you could have you could have brought up the research. So well, now if, all of our listeners can do the same.
0: If I had known, I would have been like, "Look, that is not the reason I'm an idiot. There's plenty of other reasons for that. <laughs> I'm I'm totally correct that it is a frog." But um, but anyway, I digress. But that was
2: that was a little tidbit I found.
0: All right. Well, that's that's a uh, more like a tad, tad bit, but um, well,
2: kind of a talk. Like
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Tom, uh, what, what uh, kind of research did you do on hand planing?
1: Well, I was going to give you a little more, but all of a sudden the website is only loading half the website. Let me refresh it. Uh, that's
2: because I, I started refreshing the Tom's website, the same one he's on, Oh gosh. like thousands of times. I have, a, I have a spider out there refreshing it just to mess with Tom. Exactly what's yeah.
1: happening. Oh, I think I got most of it back here. Is it, the- it wasn't. I wasn't trying to get out of the research. I I would just tell you I don't have anything. You know me. Uh, I looked up most expensive hand planes ever sold. Uh-huh. I thought this was fascinating, and uh, I'm basing this off of a single website. They put the top 20 most expensive tools ever sold, and they did not put them in numerical order. So. I'm just going to read a couple. Now, now is this like
2: the sales price or is this like some prized something that was sold at auction later and it was very unique?
1: Wouldn't you like to know? So the first (laughs) one up. I can't wait. You've got to tell me up front. (laughs) The suspense is killing Uh, me. (laughs) Antique woodworking tools. Norris jointer plane. Thomas Norris made precision planes in England because he worked with exotic woods. Few of his planes survived through World War II, and those remaining have become valuable oh, yeah. for their rarity and their utilitarian value. A lot of planes plane... got shot
2: down in World War II. That's uh, true. Apparently. That's true.
1: Yeah. This plane fetched 12... <laughs> I actually did research, and you totally undermined it just in that one sentence. That's brilliant. Congratulations. Uh, this one plane fetched $12,250 at auction. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Uh, I think that was the most expensive one. Let me read one more. Oh, no. Oh, we beat it. This is live research, people. This is fun. Uh, Adam's Patent Pattern Maker's Plane. Bleah. Adam's Patent Pattern Maker's Plane. The uniqueness of this bronze plane drove its value up to $19,550 at auction. It's more useful as a sn- snow piece, Not snow piece. It says showpiece than a tool because it requires switching out parts for specific jobs that could be done faster with individual tools. It looks like a hand plane. I don't know what they're talking about. It's kind of weird and lo- funny looking, but it just looks like another hand plane. And uh, I can stop there. That's mm. probably enough. Mm. Oh, no! 18,000. What was the last one? 12. What was the last one? 19,000. Nineteen. Oh, I beat it by a thousand bucks. Nah, that's not even worth talking about. 18,000. Oh, I got a new one. I got a new one. C. E. (laughs) Cheller? Cheller? C H E L O R. Cornus molding plane. The Cornus molding plane was made by Caesar Cheller. That sounds right. A former slave of Francis Nicholson, who was freed after Nicholson's death. Whoa, there's some real. I'm going to forward this little blurb to uh, Keith Decent. That's interesting. Nicholson, I'm assuming, is. Well, let me just keep reading. Cheller became Nicholson's apprentice and can, continued to create tools throughout his life. He is the earliest documented African-American toolmaker in the United States. This particular plane garnered $27,950 at auction because it dates back to the 1730s or 1740s, and it came in unused condition. Wow. Holy cow. It's It's an all-wood plane. Well, I mean, the iron is iron, but... Um, it's like one of those classic wood plane looking things. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's i I'm going to, I'm going to stop on that. That was pretty solid. That's pretty good. Oh, that's no, some bad, good reading bad. there. Yeah. Uh, right. You like my reading voice? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks. I especially liked it when you surprised yourself. That was the best part. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: like, oh my, my God. Enjoy. People. Enjoying his own research.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like Remember everybody Remember when you used to
2: go around the class reading, P- PJ, and everybody would read like PJ, a paragraph, or everybody research? would read a page. That's that's kind of what Tom and I's research is like.
1: Did you ever Did you ever count the heads in front of you and then determine which paragraph was yours? So you and could read pre-read it, it? it silently like four times, and then when it finally got to you, you were on other a different kid kid paragraph. Yeah, he like he like just I can't read Mrs. Johnson. And the teacher I'm let sick. it go, <laughs> and you were stuck reading the wrong paragraph awful kids suck no idea what them. you
0: guys are talking about we're right back to that multiples of nine hand thing that you guys tried to do in the pre-show i i don't i don't know what you mean it's not it's not it's not yeah. registering well
2: we'll all. have a special episode someday <laughs> where we teach pj how to do his nine times tables on his fingers but until then pj yes. what did what did you find
1: that'll make great radio
0: <clears throat> well um, i found two different things one i'm going to paraphrase uh i i looked up the strangest hand plane ever, or weirdest. And the article that came up was the Stanley 55, which is the hand plane that I bought like three weeks ago at my dealer's corner. That's got all the different blades for making dados and tongue grooves and all those different kinds of, you know, joint grooves and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's got this whole write-up about the hand plane and how it looks more complicated than it is. But that's considered the weirdest of all the hand planes. And if you look at it, I mean, it does look kind of weird. But then I looked up something else. Uh, what are the best hand planes? And uh, this guy gave a ranking of uh, hand planes by brand. Which which are the best. So the number one hand planes, according to this dude, who shall remain unnamed because I didn't copy his name. Uh, Lee Nielsen is number one. Um, I, th- I think he's kind of biased because they're like probably the best hand plane maker present day. I don't know if they are all time, but uh, number two, maker. Um, number two is pre World War II Stanley bedrock hand planes, which everybody seems to really like them. I- I'll agree with that. But then number three is pre World War II normal Stanleys. So I-, I don't know. That seems like a cop out. Uh, number four is the Miller's Falls, which it says here is interchangeable with number three. So apparently Stanley and Miller's Falls are tied. And my go-to, uh, I think it's a number five hand plane, is a Miller's Falls. That's like my own personal one. And then the last one is a Sergeant smoothing plane. So that's it. That's uh, There were no uh, hand plane superstitions. Couldn't find anything. Every time I searched for hand plane superstitions, it kept giving me superstitions of airplanes, which was Mm. was not what I was looking for. But um, that's what I got. Howdy, y'all. It's time for the 3D filament fandango. No dealer's corner this week. We're back on 3D printing. Before I throw it over to Tom so he can talk about amphibians, I'm going to tell you that I made good on my promise from last week. I have completed the Johnson's... Oh, I dropped it. Oh, it's broken now. Uh, The Johnson's Hardware Keychain, which is going to be sent out to Patreon members. It is uh, three colors. It's got a nice logo on the front. If you look on the back, it says, Proud Sponsor of the Maker Skills Podcast. And it comes with a little key ring. And uh, it's even got wood grain in the design. So it's got little cracks like it's old and woody. And um, I'm very satisfied with it. So uh, when we later on, I will read out uh, our Patreon members and uh, you will know who's getting one. Uh, but other than that, I just heard back today from Michael over at Duran Violins and the part that I made for his sander, his oscillating spindle sander, fit. Sort of. Really. All, all the no. all the holes lined up, okay? Like So it didn't fit. They lined up, but but uh there are two holes where the vacuum tube is that are elevated that are not on the same plane as all the other holes. And apparently those holes were two millimeters off. They were two millimeters short. So he had to put some washers in so that it would snug up. So I gotta mm. I gotta fix that in the design. And then there was a whole bunch of other little tiny things that he noticed once it was mounted. Like the motor shaft hole is slightly off center. Um, part of another piece is sort of rubbing on the frame. So he made like all these different notes for me and I'm gonna go back and change everything in the design so that it's the way that it's supposed to be and then they will be for sale. You know, there'll be a thing that for everybody that's got this part that's broken that you can't buy and never could buy, now it'll be available. <coughs> you know, so there's plenty of those oscillating spindle sanders out there. Um, I've been trying to get one for years. It's just been impossible, but I think that's all of the stuff I can remember. I feel like I had something else 3D printing news to give, but I'll probably remember it while Tom is talking about his ducks. Go, go, Tom. Go.
1: Ducks aren't amphibious. Uh, duck, pod. Is that? duck pod. Duck pod. Duck <laughs> pod. Duck pod. Mount your duck anywhere. Uh, yeah, frog oh, it's pod. for mounting frogs? Frog pod's getting closer. What? It's for mounting yeah. frogs? Right. What do you think it was for?
2: Hmm. I didn't know. I've just been wearing mine on my head.
1: Oh, I thought... I, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> you like that? That was pretty good. I did right? like that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's good. All right. I think it got everybody's attention. Uh, no, Jimmy shared it. I sent one to Jimmy, and uh, he shared it the other day, so I was like, oh, I better get on... I better make a post clarifying like what this is so that when people come over from his channel... They don't all, like, message me or or just leave, which is worse. So I put up a post just saying, hey, there's going to be a Kickstarter soon. It's called The Frog Pod, not The Monkey Grip, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, it um, wouldn't, wouldn't be Jimmy but, if
2: he didn't uh, come up with his own, right. own
1: name for it. Well, you know what? Back – I think he – was paying more attention back when it was first starting, and I didn't have a name, and everybody was throwing out names, and I bet he just came up with his own name for it and never saw never real changed names. it. So, yeah, never changed it. So, well, maybe by the Kickstarter, like it. it it'll be the Monkey Grip. I should, you know, what I should do? I should do a Duresta <laughs> version called the Monkey Grip, and it's the same exact thing, except but yeah. it's twenty dollars more,
0: <laughs> and it's in black,
1: and it's in black, yes, yeah. with bronze somehow on it. Um, But anyways. Uh, uh, Jimmy might listen to this Thank you Jimmy I love you man um, What else? So I'm getting closer uh, Adam Well Dave Dave Bauerart Was working on Like some logo things And some font things And then Adam C reached out And he's like Hey check this out And he basically made me a logo And it's awesome um, So I have a little more work to do there I am going to probably end Is up that one of the ones you on shared that.
2: with us Or have you not shared it yet?
1: I have not shared it publicly But yes Oh, that is the, very the cool. one that looks like the thing. The text message. We um, got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not a, uh, I haven't landed on a font yet, but I like Dave's font. I think it's. Oh, so I the one know. you shared with us Here. is Dave's font. The font is Dave's. The logo was from Adam. Okay. I don't think I've seen the logo yet. Ah, okay. So. The one he just, um, he just
2: sent it today. Oh, well, maybe I just missed yeah, it. Tanda's busy. Is it working. Yes. It does. Day job stuff.
1: I forgive you. Yeah, stupid, stupid day jobs. Um, Only one of us has a day job, don't they? I have (laughs) a job. You do? Yeah. Oh. I don't think I even know what your job is. Anyways, so FrogPod is coming along and Kickstarter is uh, hopefully just weeks away. Um, I hope. I just, I also called, had a talk with somebody. I won't name anybody yet. But they are a vlogger in New York City and also has been following my channel for a while. And I've talked to a few times before. And he's like, dude, I got to do something with this. I got I to gotta do something with the frog pot. And I was like, I really need help with media. I need pictures. I need videos. I need films. And uh, I'm just keep name dropping here. But Jacob Knows, who's mm-hmm. a supporter of everybody in the world. Yeah. He, I sent him one because he's in New York City. And now I have this vlogger guy who... I'm just going to call him vlogger guy. I hope he listens to this. Uh, (laughs) I'll name him when he wants to be named. But um, who's going to, like, give me some media. And he said the coolest thing where he's like, I want to put my GoPro on a frog pod, stick it on a New York City cab, and have it film me as I follow it on my boosted board. Like, that's... Yeah, that's cool. That's like the definition of a FrogPod user. Didn't right even there.
2: didn't even know you knew Casey Neistat.
1: I wish <laughs> oh, he a picture. This guy has a picture with Casey Neistat though, which is super cool. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's the FrogPod. But I've been busy with other things. I non three D printing things. So am I even allowed to talk about that? Here? No, this no. is the no, three D printing segment. This is Fandango. Yeah. Well, then I, that's it. That's it. That's all I got.
0: I remembered the thing I was going to say. That. that I'm stuttering now. You're That's, gonna what? You're I, gonna I I remembered the thing I was gonna say, that I couldn't remember earlier. I thought there was a the third thing. There is, so I think I talked about this one of, one other week. I have uh, put some life back into the retirement light, that I that I abandoned from last year when Tom was doing it, and it's gone back to work. Yes, it's gone back it's to come work out of, out of retirement. <clears throat> so, oh Brady. One thing that Tom didn't do, which I'm doing, is on his retirement light, the light socket just goes in a hole. There's no threads. It just goes in the hole and the set screws hold it in place. But I don't like that. I'm a details guy. I want threads. So I put threads in and I measured the threads and I made it the exact size and it doesn't fit. So then I went up in size. And it kind of started to go, but then it was super tight. So then I went up another size, and then it went straight on through. So I'm like, okay, that doesn't work. So then I went back to the middle size, and I worked on what's called the horizontal expansion adjustment. And if you don't, aren't familiar with this in Cura, I don't know if it's in other things, but if you put a positive number into this slot, it makes a hole smaller. If you put a negative number, it makes a hole bigger. And this has to do with the expansion of plastic when it's printing. So stuff doesn't always print accurately to size. So anyway, I found out that by doing negative 0.2 millimeters, it opened up the threads just enough that the, the light fixture will just thread right in and it's perfect. But unfortunately, it also enlarges the holes for the set screws, so now they don't fit. So I had to go back into the design and make the set set screw holes smaller, so that when I enlarge the holes, they're the right size. And I haven't been able to do a test print on that yet because I've been working on the keychains for Johnson's Hardware. But I have uh, I have faith that um, it's going to work, and very soon. Uh, retirement lights will be available. I've got light sockets. I've got I've got uh retro old school cloth woven power cords to make them look vintage and um it's going to be nice. It's going to be real nice. And I'm I'm looking forward to finally getting one that that actually functions instead of just continually printing things that that don't work but like I always do. That's it. That's all I got. That's all you
2: got. Well, the only 3D printing thing I have uh is just thinking about uh, I don't know. There should be a name for this concept. Maybe we can come up with one. But uh, it's three D printing things as just kind of a stand-in, so that you can see how it works. And then the three D print works fine. But you feel like you really should go <laughs> ahead and make the real thing. Um, but what, but you can't really find any you can't really find any problems with the three D print. You just you just feel like you should go ahead and make the thing you prototyped. Out of the actual material instead of three d printing it, I don't know what it uh, like proto keeping or something, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, there there have been a couple things that that we've printed just to make sure that the form fit and function work at work and and now I really want to go back and get them machined, but I'm having a hard time justifying why the three d prints aren't just fine other than the fact that they're 3 d prints. So, and I've run across mm. this a few times, you know, in the years. It's like, I'll, are- 3, I'll 3D print it, and make sure it works, and then it works well enough. And you go, Yeah, I'll just use that one until it breaks. And it never does.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a well designed part. You reminded me of something, Tanda. Um, I read some, some point between last podcast and this one. I got one of those things that, like, would you like to know more about 3D printing? Download this catalog. And it was from MakerBot and it was an explanation of filament types and it was mainly stuff that like they offer for some makerbot 3d printer like it's called like the explore or something i don't remember the name but anyway one of the things they had in there was a metal printed filament like you print mm-hmm. something with this filament it's made out of metal and then they they had different terms for it, but basically they say like when it's printed, it's a green print. Then you send it away to a lab that fires it in some mm-hmm. kind of hydrogen-rich oven, and then right. when it it burns out everything, and all you're left with is metal.
2: Right, it's sintered together. All yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm like, man, that sounds like something that's doable. I wonder how much the centering process costs and all that. And I wonder if you could use it on like a regular printer, if you have to have a a MakerBot printer. I don't know, it brought up a lot of questions that I don't have answers to.
2: Have you ever seen, um, uh, what is I can't think of what the process is called, parts that are formed out of powder that's just compressed together and then centered in an oven like that?
0: I know of it.
2: It's a cool process. I went, I was getting Mm. something made they were these little cam arms for um, for fittings that I was helping someone design. And I went to the facility that to make them because it seemed like the cheapest way to make it. And I had never seen this before, but you basically, they just rake powder into over the top of a mold. And then they have a press come down and press it into the mold. Like you were forming a pill or a Smarty or you a know, piece of hard candy. It just takes metal powder. And it presses it into the mold with enough force that you can then push it out of the mold, and it's it's green like you said. It's you know it's not it's really fragile, and it's it's basically like the consistency of like a smartie candy. Um, but then they run it through a long conveyorized oven, and it centers all of these little all of these little metal particles neck together and center together. And then you have a finished part and a lot of little, like the internal parts of a, um, like a padlock. If you've ever taken it apart, it looks like it's cast, but it has a little different look to it. Um, And it's a really neat process. And I have a few of the parts around my shop that are still, you know, not, not centered. And so you hand them to somebody and it looks just like the part, but then you just break it apart. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder that's if a, you could do that. That's a cool process, but I think you might be able to do do the front end of that maybe uh, with a 3D printer and binder and then run it through the same centering oven and basically have the same same thing.
0: Well, maybe that's what MakerBot, the MakerBot filament is. Maybe I, that's it's, basically it's
2: that what metal printing is. If it's not laser, if it's not centered on the spot with a laser, that's probably, you know, I mean, that's basically what it is. But it's an old process hmm. that's been used for a long time, just by compressing the stuff together in a mold, and then running it through a.
0: I want to know if you could actually. Does it have to be sent away, or can you actually put it in like a jewelry kiln, like a burnout kiln, and just fire it yourself? Well, someone
2: someone's making a somewhat accessible three D metal printer, right? That works. Um, that has a filament that carries the metal in the filament and then you print it and then you go through some kind of bake out or curing. I can't think of who it is that sells it. I can picture the printer. I've I don't know, but a,
0: I I sent you guys on Facebook an ad that was a metal printer. That was like uh it was a laser printer. Like it, 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 it was on like some kind of a rotary table and it was a five access thing that it, started printing and then it just kept spinning the part and it was printing metal with a laser so I'm guessing like a filament was coming down and the laser was sintering it on the spot and it was making all kinds of really complex shapes but it just kept spinning the part on like mm-hmm. a a mounted uh, I don't know it was some kind of like a a chuck and they were all big parts they weren't like little tiny things and you know but it was like a it was a service. It wasn't like a printer that you could buy. It was probably like a, you know, $500,000 printer. But it looked cool, and I'd never seen a, anything like it before.
2: Yeah, I think it's Mark Forged that I was thinking of that makes the some of the metal, metal <clears throat> printers, if I've got the name right. But there's a company here in town that pioneered um, that process called OptiMac, And, uh, and they basically, um, jet out metal powder and then hit it with a laser, like as it's attaching to the part and they can do some really cool stuff. They can take like an existing part and then print onto it so they can start adding on features to the part using this process. Interesting. So it's, and, and it's either an electron beam or it's a laser that they use in their process, but it like kind of squirts a small stream of powder out and as the powder is hitting the surface it's being bonded so
0: oh man i i gotta get one of those electron beams that sounds way cooler than a laser no one's got that you know you know it's like hey see my laser nah you see my electron beam you don't have one of these do you it's nice right i bet you're fixing to find your own friend angle ain't you all right, it's time for personal history. Tom, what's your personal history with hand planing?
1: Well, uh, I've been hand planing since I was a little kid, um, mostly on road trips, uh-huh. going down the highway. Uh-huh. And um, you roll down that window, and you just you get your arm, you get your elbow to your fingertips out of the window, mm-hmm. and you just... You yeah, just, you don't want to rest hugs. your underarm. So like the, your
0: arm will
2: go to sleep.
1: Yeah, the the... you're right front 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 front
0: or back window which which one we talking
1: about well back window i was too young to sit in the front seat no you know Mm -hmm. but uh you just you get your hand out there in in that flat you know formation and uh you just let the wind do the do the work and those subtle changes just let you you know fly fly your hand out there see now uh, when
0: you're older yeah uh, now maybe you were too young for this Tanda probably knows what I'm talking about. Uh, back in the day, cars had two, and if you were in the front seat, not in the back, if you were in the front with the big boys, the, the car door had two windows. It had a window that was big and then it had a little triangle window that you could open up and push out, Yeah. okay? You can't use the triangle window
1: for hand cleaning.
0: No, but if you opened it up, it gave more resistance and your hand would buck more if you were out that window. Mm, I see what you're saying. I thought they you create, were going to say yeah. you
2: diverted air inside so you could hand plane inside.
0: Oh, I never tried, insert, never tried indoor that. hand planing. No, I didn't I didn't try that no. before. I, I would figure it would crash into the dashboard if you did that, right?
2: That was that was the yeah. first way I ever got <laughs> into the car because like we weren't supposed to be playing in the cars, but I figured out how you could get a coat hanger in through the through the little opening. Yeah. And then pull the little lever on the uh, on the little wing that opened up. Yep. And then with the wing opened up, you could reach in and roll down the other window. And then you <sighs> could roll down the other window and unlock the car. And you can get in the car and play like you're driving, which
0: apparently we weren't supposed to be doing. I miss those little <laughs> triangle windows. Those are fun. You know, you just you yeah. wanted some air they're, coming they're, in. You didn't want to open up the big window.
1: Yeah, they're nice. My brother's truck has one. Or, well, two. They usually come in pairs. Wasn't there a, like and, a, uh, there was a there
2: Subaru, is. what was it, like an Impreza? No. There was like a sports car, Subaru sports car that had like a sub window that opens up, opened up like just partway up the window.
0: Oh, there's a, oh. Uh, there's a like a Lamborghini and a Ferrari that both have that also. It's like mid window. Yeah. It, it's very small. It's like the size of like a shoebox almost.
1: It, like a window in a window? Yes.
0: Yes. It's totally impractical. It's like you can't. You you have to open the door. Like it's it's almost good for nothing.
2: Yeah, I think it's the like, DeLorean had that as well. Because I remember my friend who yeah. who used to sell cars, and they took in a used DeLorean, and somebody came and was set on buying it, and they got in, and they closed the door, and it's it stuck. And the doors wouldn't open. They had to just open those little windows, and so the person could could breathe and not panic until they got <laughs> someone to come and and figure out how to get the because apparently the going doors had some problems, or at least this That's particular awesome. car did, and and he got trapped inside the car, and he, and he didn't buy it he, after after having a panic <laughs> attack in a car.
0: It's it's less desirable, I suppose.
1: Ah, what a wuss. Yeah, yeah the DeLorean definitely had what we're talking about. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing it because somebody was trying to – they were either trying to go through a drive-thru or they were trying to use one of those little keypads like to get a gate to open. And the window was so small, they couldn't do the thing that they were trying to do. They had to open so, the door. So the
2: person at the restaurant was just holding a cup out and sticking a straw through the window and the person inside was drinking Yes, it? that's exactly
0: what it was. It was a TikTok. Yeah. So so was that the sum total of your experience, Tom?
1: I mean, I did, I've done a little bit of hand planing, but the the biggest problem is sharpening. Like, once that thing's dull, I'm just not sharpening it ever again. So they're basically disposable hand planes. Um, I just don't, I haven't, I'll probably, you know what, the truth is, in my lifetime, I will own probably some good hand planes and use them appropriately. There is value there, but you can also just never use them and be kind of okay.
0: You know what, something just occurred to me, Tom, and, and I don't, I would like you two to chime in. I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but it just I just thought about it. You don't like sharpening the irons. And there are ceramic knives that don't need to be sharpened. Have you ever heard of a ceramic hand plane
1: iron? No, but I think it's brittle, so I think that would chip. You hit one nasty knot, and I think that thing's cracking in half. I think there's too, more force, too much force involved
0: that would be a disposable blade though
1: Not so you could not that you, ceramic prices
0: well how much is ceramic
1: uh, I think a I think I mean a ceramic knife well you can get anything cheap now nowadays but yeah I think the ceramic blade is relatively expensive especially something that thick with like that thick of a bevel
0: I don't know <clears throat> I don't know it just occurred to me it I was just be. thinking like you know it's, yeah it's got no, like the idea it's cheap it's got to be cheaper than metal right no, I don't think so. Mm. I think ceramic
1: is more expensive.
0: It's more rare. I mean, I
2: think if if there were as many ceramic blades out there as there are metal blades, it might become cheaper, but
0: I think we got something here. Right. Probably I'm not at saying. this point. Yeah. <clears throat> it's possible. I haven't
2: I haven't done much. Um I mean, I've I've done a lot more of the hand planing uh, Tom was speaking of earlier than I have any other kind of of hand <laughs> planing. Mm. Um we, we had a little tiny block plane um, growing up that was around my my dad's house, and it had a chip in the blade, and I'm sure it wasn't set up right, and the blade portions that weren't chipped were probably dull, and so I think maybe I just got a, you know, a, a, a bad, you know, first experience with a plane and just thought, man, this thing is, is worthless, and then just never did enough woodworking or, or that kind of woodworking to, um, to get back into it. And now a surf plane I've used a lot because we had one of those and I, I made everything with that. I mean, I would like make entire, um, you know, if I had a piece of one by four and I needed to round the corner with a four inch radius, I would just use a, a surf plane to cut it down because we didn't have a lot of other tools um or power tanda. tools tanda what so. is a
0: surf form plane
2: it's like a cheese grater for woodworkers like a rasp um yeah like it's kind of like a rasp only it has a uh, the holes go all the way through like a cheese grater instead of uh, i mean when i think of a rasp i think of mm. like a like a file with really big teeth that don't go all the way through mm. and a reform plane has a, it it has like about. a it has like a little it's got a plane like, handle on it It has a plane got... handle on it and it has a front on yeah. it um they're inexpensive you can get a you know just a like a stanley version of it and then the little blades just pop off when they get
0: dull I've got one of those I've got one of those that you're talking about i know exactly and the what chips you
2: mean. the chips collect inside kind of they yeah. kind of wad up yeah. inside and um I used the heck out of one of those when I was young because that was just how I you know took down lots of lots of material if i was doing woodwork cuz it was what i had in front of me but a traditional plane not not hardly at all
0: so i have that one you're talking about and then i actually have a block plane sized version i have it's a mm. pair so it's the, the the big long version that's like a regular hand plane and then i got a little block plane version of it at I've had them. I keep thinking about putting them up for sale because I don't use them. I got them in an auction and it wasn't something that I was specifically buying. It was well, in it's not a like they leave
2: things. a nice surface. I mean, it looks like you've just grated cheese. It's got, yes. you know, it's got a corrugated um, surface to it, but you can kind of go across that lightly in the other direction a little bit or something, or kind of at a bias, maybe 30 degrees and 30 degrees and and get it down to where it's Something you could then take sandpaper to and and clean up and get, you know. I wasn't I wasn't doing any fine woodworking at at the age of eight or eight or nine years old. Blacker. But, uh, that's it. That's it.
0: That's that's about all I've used a used a plane for. Somewhere, I don't remember. I got <clears throat> a little Stanley block plane with a red handle. And it was it wound up in my toolbox. I don't know where it came from. And I had it for years. Never used it. It just was there. And it looked like, you know, I knew what it was supposed to do. It was a wood shaver. That's That's what I called it. It shaved wood. But I never really had a use for it, so it just kind of sat in the toolbox. And I never got into the, let's call it the big boy hand planes that had handles and stuff until couple years ago when I sort of entered the maker community and I started seeing them and the first one I ever bought was a Harbor Fruget plane that was like I don't know $15 you know they're all cheap and garbagey but I didn't know anything at the time and I'm like "I I should probably have one of these I'm doing wood stuff this might come in handy and I did use it you know badly and then after a while, I started buying lots of tools, like lots like box lots. And mm-hmm. I would get hand planes in the box lots, or I would specifically look for hand planes, not knowing a good one from a bad one, and sometimes not even realizing like what to look for, like if something was cracked or chipped or if there was parts missing or whatever. And um, I've made my fair share of mistakes, like trying to... To restore one, and then the you know, I've uh, I've done things uh, unspeakable things that, I, that I, I just spoke, and I probably probably should bleep that out. But anyway, uh, well, I if have a, were
2: able to speak them; they weren't unspeakable.
0: Th- that's <laughs> that's that's why they're bleeped. I'm just I'm just saying. But um, anyway, I have a collection of hand planes that are mostly weird. <clears throat> like I have, I have planes that are restored, that are painted blue with gold accents that are mine that I use, that are on a rack on the wall. And there's like, I don't know, four of them, including a Japanese block plane. I don't even know if it's called a block plane. It's a wood plane with an iron in it um, that I won in a contest, which is probably one of my favorites. It it, it does a really nice job, Um, but it's a pull plane, not a push plane. And so let's say I've got like five or six planes on the wall. Then I have a container full of planes that are in like a collection. These are things that like for some reason I find them interesting. They're not restored. They've got some kind of weirdness about them. They don't look like, you know, like most hand planes just look like a Stanley hand plane. And they're all, there's all different, like the, the Harbor Fruget one is a total Stanley clone. It looks just like every other hand plane. But every once in a while, you get one that just looks like something went horribly awry, you know, because you've never seen it before. And you're like, oh, look, a weirdo. I want that one. And like when old timey tools still lived up here, I would go, you know, we we traded tools back and forth. And I'm like, um, he's he had a big hand plane collection. And I'm like, what do you got? That's weird. And he goes, do I you mean expensive? I'm like, no, I want something that nobody's got. And he's like, how about this? I'm like, yep, never seen that before. Give me that one. And so he gave me the, I don't even know the name of it. It was some weird, it's either German or French name hand plane. And he was like, it's not really worth anything. I'm like, I don't care. It just, it's not, I don't have one. And I always want the weird things. So I have a a tub that's probably, I don't know, Like a two by two by three foot, like a Rubbermaid tub that's just got hand planes in it that need to be restored. That I don't specifically have a use for, but I have my tool collections and they're part of it. Um, But I look, I'm always on the lookout for things that are, let's say, rare. Um, For instance, on block planes, I have one or two there is on some of the nicer planes and adjust the front knob is an adjustment and you can actually open and close the gap of the blade to get finer shavings. And I'm like, Oh, mm. that's cool. I want that.
1: So I have, I've seen that. Those are cool. Yeah. Anything like
0: that, where yeah, it's you like,
1: can, not, you can open the throat.
0: Yes. Yes. The throat, the mouth, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so I like that kind of stuff. And then uh, there's there's other different adjustments you see. So, But anyway, as far as like experience, my experience is more in buying them than using them. I have used them to make things badly. Um, my problem is I can't consistently keep them flat. Like I can shave stuff off, but then when I go to check it with a square, it'll be square in one part, And then the other part won't be square. Like the further down I go, it just kind of veers. I I don't know. I have, I've got poor horizontal plane control or something. I don't know what it's called, but
2: you need a horizontal stabilizer, something like that.
0: I probably need a hydro spanner, but I, I find it. I find it like the same as spoke shapes. I find them sort of magical because you have this piece of solid something, this wood that peer, it appears solid and you're just, Taking off these little strips with this magic tool—it doesn't seem like it should be possible,
1: but it is. Right. Have you ever seen a a single blade planer, like a? Hmm, you mean the past, the pass, pass through? Yeah. With like a like a twelve inch wide planer, but it's a straight blade.
2: Yes, and it doesn't
1: it doesn't rotate. You just push the material through. Like the material is forced through with rollers, but the blade doesn't, correct, the blade right. does not Oh, so it's like a hand for, plane, for, but it stays still and the wood moves through. For plywood. Yeah. That's how you make plywood. Well, no, I understand that. No, this is more like you could have this machine instead of your, your standard planer. Do people do that for joining?
2: Do they like clamp their plane in a vise and then just like push their wood over
0: the top of it?
1: I don't know. I don't know. What
0: what is the thing you're looking you're talking about look like, Tom?
1: It looks like a planer. Like it like a pl- think of like what a twelve inch, fourteen inch, twenty inch planer, like Thick, floor thic- model planer. A
0: thickness planer.
1: A thickness planer, yes. Okay. But and and the blade is on top, just like it is in a regular planer. Uh huh. The rollers, I don't know if they're on top or bottom. I don't know if it matters. Probably on bottom. <clears throat> and the wood passes through just like you normally would see, right? Uh huh. Nothing's different so far. But instead of a rotating blade, okay, there is a single plane iron that is the width of whatever the width is 12 inches, 14 inches, I don't know. And you put your wood in and it draws the wood through just like a regular planer, but it gives you a massive single shaving. You know, I, I'm going to go
0: out on a limb here and say it sounds like this thing probably costs as much as a rotating planer, and I think it's a marketing, it's it's a marketing ploy. I think that somebody designed this well, maybe, so that they maybe could was... save money. They don't have to put a motor <laughs> in with a spinning blade, and like, hey, get this. It's better, and it's actually cheaper to manufacture, and they're like, here you go. It's a whole new host of problems.
2: Well, that's, that's what, what me, made think. me think of like a joiner version of that. I mean, just like a hand plane with a square edge, which I think they make for doing edging. Yeah. But just turn it upside down and hold it with something and then just push the wood across it as a hand-operated joiner probably exists. Or maybe maybe it exists and you just don't mm. use it that way. You use it on top of the wood. Or maybe it is just called a plane. <laughs> yeah, and you just do your joining with a plane. Uh, that's also quite likely.
0: I just had this this weird sort of <clears throat> mental image while you were talking about this, Tanda. I was imagining a hand plane, like, in a vice, and you're running a piece of wood over it. And then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, a hand plane is kind of small, and you have to make several passes. What if you put – what if you had, like, a channel that had several hand planes in a row – And you just took this piece of wood and ran it down. And it was like the first plane took off a little bit. And then the next plane took off a little bit more. And then the third plane took off the final pass. And then you just make one pass and it's done. You know, it's just like, boom, comes out ready. You just choose
2: how many blades you want to add to to, set your depth. it's like a
1: time saver. Yeah. (laughs) You know the time saver machines?
2: Yeah, which are... Kind of like drum sand, drum sander sort of things.
1: Yeah, but you got like three, four, five. Yeah, I don't know how many they go up to. And you pass your. And work they usually have fa- Scotch. And spray. the final, the final spray. drum is like a. Yeah. yeah, is like a buffing one or. Mm-hmm. I want one. Oh, I need. They're one. nice. I look up how much
2: t- They're nice. I used to take look take them over to somebody in town that had one when I was like doing metal brushing. In fact, this all of this yeah. metal brushing that I've been doing, mm-hmm. that I recently did another batch of on my stroke sander. I took it to them and they said it was too short that, you know, the uh, time saver is kind of limited on the length of material you can put through because if it doesn't fit all the way through on the roller system, then it, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to have some kind of carrier or build some kind of fixture or something to run stuff through. And so they bailed on it and that's why I ended up getting a stroke sander. And now I have this gigantic stroke sander sitting next to me.
0: I, I found out that very thing, Tanda, when I tried to feed something short through my thickness planer, and um, thank goodness I wasn't standing behind Ooh. it because um, yeah. it came back out at full speed, and um, I think it it fractured the wall or something. I don't know. It hit it hit something at high speed, and, I, and it made a fun noise too. And I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm that wasn't supposed to happen, was it? Uh, did I do something wrong?
3: i don't know we're
0: not going to talk about that anymore i think
2: you could use a time saver for small things if you invested in making some kind of carrier for it yeah, like if like you're just brushing one side idea. yeah one side of uh, of a piece of metal or something so but uh, i'll just keep making brass dust all over my shop
0: send it to me i want it Second turn, I think it's time for one of them old timey commercial energy lubes and
3: stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, this is this is Clifford Johnson Jr., the third. Uh, are you tired of hand sharpening your planes? Well, we have just the thing for you at Johnson's. We have the Hela Zip plane. The Hela Zip plane. That's right. It's, uh, it's a helical insert plane um this makes me really scared uh it's a it's a it's a helical plane thing and you you have a zip cord that you put in like those old cars and you put the plastic zip in and you and you pull it and it in it, it and it spins really fast no no power required not at all. You just pull the zip, and it uh, and it makes the blade spin really fast. And then you then you use it like a hand plane, but it's a, but it's helical, and it it's available now at Johnson's. Comes with three replaceable carbide inserts and a and a, one of those little hex key things that you can use to put them in. Uh, do not use on flat flat surfaces. That's weird. Do not use on flat surfaces and uh, let the plane come to a full stop before putting it on your leg. On your, on your leg. Don't use, let it come to a stop before you put it on your leg. Ask me how I know. They're available now for $179.30. You, you'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck nabbit? I need to
0: get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. It's time for crossbreeding. Sharpening. Tom's Tom's answer: is sharpening. That's a legitimate skill to pair with hand planing. Um, thank you, Tom. Did, did you like you're welcome. Did you, did you like,
1: the, oh, did, should I have waited for a prompt or something? Or no,
0: was that okay? That was fine. You're it's very perfect, per- perfect. Yeah, you did a great job. I'm very proud of you. Attaboy, attaboy. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. So, Thanks, man. Yeah, tanda
2: lubricating
0: what you, you don't want your hand planes getting all rusty
2: hmm. uh, not, uh, rust rust preventing
1: that's a that's a skill and good advice that well i mean that's that's like maintenance
2: Mainteni- maintenance yeah there's a skill
1: maintenizing mm. yep 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 yep, mm. yep. okay lubrication maintenizing
0: <sighs> all right i'll 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 give it to you i'll give it to you that's uh ma- ma- maintenance maintaining i don't know that's i don't know doesn't Main, maintain sense. a rating oh my god okay uh I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go with um table sawing you know like sure table, yeah. table sawing's not
1: a skill yeah that's not that's an activity
0: yeah exactly and you need to do that in order to get to use the hand plane that's all i'm saying no you don't
1: you have a table saw you don't need a hand plane you can take a hand plane right to a log. All right, chainsawing, or, tab- or a table saw, chainsawing. Ch- you could take it right to a tree. You don't even have to cut the tree down. Standing.
0: I don't know.
2: Yeah, s- standing. saw Standing's stops good. are safe. You can just hold them up on, Usually, on edge and use them to cut down trees. You just put the blade all the way out, and turn it up perpendicular.
0: Yes, totally, yeah.
2: totally safe because it's a saw stop. Right. You cut down on an entire. Well, you can't cut down a weeny forest.
0: It
1: works because good with a trunk it'll, monkey. It'll
2: stop if you... A weenie forest.
1: Yes. We're going to go with that. I don't think you can cut down a live tree with a saw stop. It It's too wet. It'll uh, it'll trigger.
0: Oh, oh you got to punch in the codes. So That'll work. You got to bypass Yeah, but it. then it's not safe. I, I don't think it's safe to cut down a tree with a saw stop.
2: If you hold it by the legs, kind of stand back, you're probably good. We get sick
1: and tired about saw stop before, didn't we? I mean, I did. Uh, I don't remember if it was on here. I, 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 you're the only one with the saw stop. Was that before? You know You know that, you you know that I. Uh, after, because I talked about how it's not. There are certain aspects where that really aren't safe, like disengaging it is not a safe thing because you have to like bend down with the saw on, and I actually don't even know how to disengage it without googling it. It's so complicated. You have to like turn the saw on, hold the key in position turn the saw off I don't, I don't even know that's probably kind of by design but the whole time your head is like in line with the blade it just doesn't crouch it doesn't you've got to right. crouch tom
0: you for, yeah. you forgot you got to hold what are we your... talking
1: about what segment is this it's um
0: it's crouching saw crouching blade hidden tiger crouching saw hitting hidden, hidden tiger yes <laughs> two times
1: what are the chances that two people randomly say Hidden Tiger at the same time?
0: On this podcast, pretty darn
2: good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. People say Hidden Tiger on this podcast
1: all the that's time. That's it. We're done. We're out.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: PJ's true. like, oh, I'm sick and tired of
0: that. <laughs> I chap, it's time for Patreon's Parlor. We haven't had Patreon's Parlor since last year sometime. I I can't even remember the last one, it's been so long. Um, So the reason that we're having Patreons Parlor is because one of our patrons has elevated his level. Everyone thank Seth Williams for stepping up to skill class 3.8457, which is- Level
1: 3.8457? Yes. Wow. Did you say level 3.4857? Yes. Wow. Yes. Did I say it right? That's yes. That's it bigger
0: up. than pie. It, it is.
1: A little bit. Um,
0: but. Bonus pie. It, it earns him a custom skill. So. Oh, we Bird get to a bequeath a
2: custom skill.
0: Okay, he paid for it. It doesn't earn him anything. He bought yeah. it. He bought it. Okay. <laughs> it's not. There was no. He was didn't. Success. He didn't work it just- for it. You know, let's be honest. Well, he worked for the money. He's buying his way in. You know, well, he's buying that, his that's kind
2: of that's kind of what patronage is, I think. Well, let's
0: that's true. Let's
2: show him what money can buy.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm pretty sure he did this because he wants the Johnsons' keychain. I mean, you guys have seen it. It looks very nice. Very it, nice. The, the, the way exactly you did the like cracks in the wood looks.
2: Looks really cool. For I mean for a 3D print to look yes. like, like cracked wood. Yes. Kudos. Yeah, that that looks which, good.
0: Which by the way, if I didn't mention this, um I have wood filament. It's maple wood filament and I looked it up. It is twenty percent sawdust. That is how they get the wood color. So it's it's real wood, it's just only twenty percent. Oh, you could burn
2: it wood. in a fireplace.
0: That's true. Yeah, probably you probably shouldn't do that. Don't don't burn it in the fireplace. You make but, a little
2: feeder to just feed the filament in a little bit at a time. Be better than a pellet like stove. A pellet stove. <laughs> get a little <laughs> bit of plastic there as an accelerant. Maybe, maybe like a never-ending
0: candle wick. That could be. Oh, possible. there you go. Yeah. yeah,
2: you could just have it uh, be like a candle wick.
0: Mm, I oh, we should get back
2: that. to like assigning a skill.
0: Oh yeah. Okay, Seth. Oh, yeah. Seth needs a mm-hmm. skill. So. Um, yeah, he doesn't have any. Let's give him one. That's true. It's this, this should be easy. Custom skill. You know what? Um, so easy. Oh, he's made stuff, with, and well, he did well, all that
2: skill free. That's that's amazing.
0: Wow.
3: Well, I mean, yeah,
0: it is. It is amazing. he. I mean, have you seen the stuff he's made? I wouldn't say it was skilled labor per se. You know, I mean, he's did he could use some help. Maybe some classes. Maybe he should go up to Jimmy's a little while. I'm just saying. It's you know. But but, I think. I think that you know we kind of discussed this a little bit in the pre-show. I think we've got the perfect custom skill for Seth, and I think that once you hear it, everybody's going to want
1: this skill. Correct, Uh, Tom. I can't wait to hear it because I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember. At least an hour and a half ago. Tam, do you do you remember
2: what it was? I think it was. I think it was hand hand planing. That's right. Yes, that's right.
0: Yes. So hand planing, not hand planing with a tool. Planing wood with your hand. Ah like, bare hands. like wolverine. Bare like wolverine yes. style? Yes. Yes. Exactly like that. So Seth, yep. all you have to do <clears throat> is yep. run your bare hand over wood and it will shave little bits of wood off every pass.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now now if I uh, maybe this is too soon, but uh with every superpower comes, you know, it's kryptonite. True. And uh true. Yeah, and this, wanna, wanna, and this has one. You want This has one. Yeah, who wants? Who wants to tell him the bad news? Well, so maybe it's you should all you. tell him
2: some more of the advantages.
1: Oh yeah, go. Oh, go I, for it. For, yeah, I mean, you always right. have it so, with yeah. you. Sure. Sure. And, sure. Sure. Uh, you know, you can just. Do, you know, if you're at a restaurant, if you're at a restaurant <sighs> and the table's wobbly, you just pick the table up, hand playing a little bit on one leg. Oh, yeah. and uh and the table's not wobbly anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, who hasn't would, wanted to
0: do that
2: that's, before? That's much better than shoving a matchbook under it or something like that. So that's right. handy.
1: Well, that's a pretty late. And you would never do that if you have a hand plane, all the time,
2: like a traditional hand plane, cuz you just wouldn't have it with
1: you.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
2: Yeah, they make a funny mm, well, bulge in your pocket.
1: Tony Tony would have one with him. Tony Rhoalo. Oh, but, oh yeah. other than him, I don't think anybody's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he'd have a whole case of them. He he would he would open the case <laughs> and select which one to use for which table.
1: Carries that attaché bag everywhere.
2: But that's different. Yeah. But you know, the, you
0: know, Tony Tony, I, I had a talk with Tony, uh privately and I said, Tony, I was like it's You had a, Tony talk? I did. I had a Tony talk. You, did you have this, to talk? This, this this is the god honest truth. I, I was in a shop and I'm like, Tony, so where's your hand plane? You know, your own personal hand plane He goes, Oh man, you don't wanna see it. I'm like, Yeah, come on, show it to me And he goes, I got a second over here that's mine that I use. I don't have a nice one. <laughs> And he he pulled it out, and it was a re- even it was a rejected hand plane that was for somebody else that he messed up, and that's his plane. But and and even let me guess, Tony, and let me guess, even it was Tony gorgeous.
2: can't buy one. It was impeccable, right? <laughs> I mean, Tony probably had to like get a microscope out to point out the flaw, right?
0: i didn't yeah. see anything i saw nothing it looked like a, any other hand plane yeah. but to him there was something like horribly wrong i'm like tony that that looks yeah. fine yeah, see, no no, no.
2: under 200 power see that little yeah. scratch right there no no to the left right there no no it's, the one underneath the eyelash it's yeah. off by
0: 500 <laughs> microns yeah oh jeez. over 50 feet yes yes <laughs> oh man that's that's just yeah. tragic but um. But anyway, uh, getting getting yeah. back to Seth. I love Tony. We so, love Tony. So, oh, Tony's the best. One of these days, I'm gonna own something that he makes. I'm, once I take out, like you know. But this,
1: but this is about Seth. Yes. Let's give Seth his start. Oh yeah. Seth. This is Seth. So the, so the
2: the, the the secret word you have to say to to, to invoke the hand plane, though, is uh, uh. It, I mean, this isn't even the kryptonite. This is just, you know, this is just what it is because superpowers are what they are. Yes. And. And so you have to shout, Get, give me give me a hand job, to make it, <laughs> to actually make it make it work.
1: And and so I can't wait till my grandkids. What's it when, you, to all of when you're when
2: you're in the restaurant and you you need to think twice? Maybe you should use the matchbook <clears throat> under the table leg. So you have to kind of be careful that you're just like out in the shop or something that you're not within earshot. So that's that's one of the downsides.
1: Yeah. But that's not the worst part.
0: That, t- Tom, give him give him the big one.
1: Well, well, I mean, you can live with it. I am just saying, it's uh, well, you can't live with it; it'll kill you. Uh, you are you you now become highly allergic to splinters of any kind, and if you get a splinter, you immediately go into anaphylactic shock, and um, you know an EpiPen might help, might save you. Um, but um, I think it's worth the risk. I think it's still totally oh, yeah. a viable superpower one
0: hundred percent. You know he's he's got yeah. like the the wax on wax off game at a whole new level at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. PJ, you pointed out that I don't think we've given a kryptonite to any of the previous patrons. Well, um, we may have. We should, I, maybe, don't <laughs> well, I
0: don't remember.
3: Well,
2: it's just we that have, we it's just we, we definitely will going, going forward thinking that it was unlikely they would they would discover it. But maybe we should go oh, back and add warnings. Yeah. we should warn them. We should warn them. Should should have warned them.
0: We should have. Yeah, we had one
2: Patreon that's no longer with us.
0: Oh no, he came back. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, oh. I thought he was gone, but he he's he's back. Yeah. Yeah, it's we were looking like the we gym a little membership worried that you there can't for a cancel. while. It was like yes. a
2: kryptonite thing, but it. it it turns out it just, there was some, like his card had expired or something.
0: the Yeah. The weird thing. Well, no, that was somebody else. This is, this was somebody that that was, that was completely anyway. um, Two times. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up this segment.
1: (laughs) We're all holding our breath. Yeah. Uh, Seth. No. All right. We're giving, we're giving Seth a hard time because he's a big fan of the show, but he's also just a good friend to, I think all of us. Definitely yes. me. Maybe he doesn't even know you two. But thank um, you anyway. I feel like that's. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. that we we met at the, uh, at
0: Tony Slip and Slide you party. Did. You know,
1: he was at the you, he was at Baker's camp, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the two. Yeah. yeah, that too. No, he's around. He's a good. He's a good guy. So I like him a lot.
0: Anyway, by the power invested by the three of us, Seth Williams, we bestow upon you the custom gift, custom and gift, custom skill. Of hand planing. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. Don't <laughs> wear gloves. No, wear gloves. Indeed. Nothing better than the queen's
3: word. Mm.
0: Cheerio. All right, it's time for short and sweet. Tom, you got anything to wrap up the show?
1: I do. Uh, We mentioned Tony Rouleau, he makes beautiful block planes, which are a a small version of a hand plane, Mm -hmm. well it's in the hand plane family, Mm -hmm. all block planes are hand planes, not all hand planes are block planes, you get it, you get it, you understand, Uh, they are hard to come by, he only makes them every so often, he batches them out, and he does it by a lottery system to whoever wants to buy them, Um, but uh, we were talking about hand planes, how can we not talk about Tony Rouleau, so go buy something from Tony. He makes other tools too.
0: Yeah. Tony's stuff is basically like if there was ever like a treasure hunt for the best tools you could own and you found a box of them, they would be all made by Tony. It's like it's it looks like it's just a, it's all gold. It's made of tool gold.
1: Yeah. yeah. I will let me just warn everyone. You should buy one even if you don't think you're going to use it or need it someday, but custom Plane makers, they're out there. Their planes are usually well north of $5,000. And Tony's are not. Well, he only makes the block plane right now, um, as far as planes. But, I mean, his price is going to double. At some point, it's going to continue to rise because of what it is, the craftsmanship that goes into it, and it's totally worth that. So, get one while you can, if you can. It's hard to get one.
0: Yeah yeah it's very true tanda do you have anything for short and sweet
2: yeah i have something for short and sweet um if you uh you may already know spencer from root and or if you've been in the maker community for quite a while and uh he and his family um most of their posts now you see under adventure family and they're just traveling around in a motor home doing their thing working from the road. Um, have a few sponsors that they do videos for and their adventure family on Instagram as well. And, uh, yeah, give them a follow and kind of, kind of follow along. They're here in Albuquerque and I went out Sunday to where they were staying and just stopped in and said, Hey, and, uh, they, they go to some place and they stay for three weeks or a month and just kind of treat that as their home base and go explore and do things. And, uh, I think it's one of those channels that's just like a man how cool would it be to do that but most people don't mm-hmm. and they did and so it's kind of cool I think a lot of people are able to kind of live cathartically through them that have thought oh man we should just get a big motorhome and just go live on the road so uh, give them a follow if you're not already and um I don't know if he'll uh, get back to his woodworking and stuff as well, but that's where I met Spencer, and, and their Adventure Family channel is good. So check it out.
1: Definitely.
0: That reminds me of, I think, like two or three years ago, I was watching there was a family. It was a husband and wife and two kids, and then eventually the wife was pregnant with their third kid. But they were doing, like, the same thing, but they were traveling from country to country. Mm-hmm. they were they were traveling all over the world like they like every week they were in a different country and i'm pretty sure that the husband taught a language like he taught english or he taught some some he was a teacher of some kind but like mm-hmm. every place they went they were sponsored by different companies and they did videos about everything and they would show you like the place where they went and um the people that were there and Uh, It was just really interesting to see like the kids, like I really got into the videos. It's interesting to watch like the series and see the kids sort of grow up on the go and do things that you wouldn't normally see kids doing. Like these were when I say kids, I mean, they're like three and four years old, five years old, you know, little, little kids. And they made a point of saying that it was easier to do this when the kids were little because they weren't in school. Mm -hmm. And that once they had to start school, that they were actually going to get a house and they'd have to stop traveling as much. Um, But it was it was I don't know. I can't remember the name of the family, um, but they're on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure if you, you you know, just do a couple searches, you can find them. But that's what that reminded me of. Tanda. I wanted to thank all of our Patreon members since we had a Patreons parlor. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Old Timey Tools our very own Tanda, uh, Ben makes KC, Seth Williams yet again, uh, Alan <clears throat> Scannell, Dave Bauer, Lauren Bache, creator Nader, Emery Pickering, David Beckwith, Thrushlund, Overall Makerworks, uh, Dave Bywilek, Marsh Wildman, Jack has tools and Garage Monkey Sign. Those are our current. Patreon members, and thank you very much for supporting our show. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you,
1: thank you, thank you.
0: And thank you. you. uh, Out of that list, uh, Tanda, Seth, Creator Nader, Overall Makerworks will be receiving a Johnson's Hardware keychain because they are all in either the five dollar or above. patronage level if you would like to get a keychain you can change your level to get one um we haven't discussed this yet but possibly uh we'll put them up for sale if you just want a keychain and you don't want to you don't want to change the level maybe we'll put them up for sale uh i don't know maybe with a slight
1: alteration so that they're not the same
0: maybe we'll talk about this in the after show in the secret segment I think that that might be a thing. We'll talk about whether we do that or not, or maybe it's just for the Patreons. I don't know. It's it's kind of up in the air. But um I'll definitely put pictures up so everybody can be jealous. That's for sure. Uh And that's it. That's that's all I got. We're gonna go do the secret segment. Um We've got some secret Tom stuff to talk about. So
1: uh, I'm gonna regret talking and, and about it. And you know it, what? I'm it's not about it.
0: What? It's not, not about it's the not, Frog Pod. It's not Frog Pod. It's not definitely not it's Frog, frog. Pot. No. <laughs> Wait, wait, well, it's not, well, not, not frog it, it could be frog, pod, but, it's, frog but it's but it's but it's not.
2: It's frog pot adjacent. It's frog no, pot. It's, it's yeah. It's like a, it's a pad.
0: Frog frog pond. Ooh.
2: It's a frog pond. Ooh,
1: you said too much. Oh. You said too much.
3: Oh.
0: We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.